There is over a trillion dollars of waste in supply chains today. The net zero carbon emission is something that corporates are taking very seriously. To meet these objectives, they're going to have to take into consideration CO2 emissions. Hi, and welcome back to Net Zero Carbon. I'm Tyler Cole, your host, and this is the show at Freight Waves, where we deep dive into decarbonization, unpacking value chains through a lens of freight, fuels, and energy. Today, I've got the honor of being joined by Stefan Sieber, the CEO of Transporian, and Jakob Moose, an old friend of the show who is now Director of the Sustainability Product Tribe at Transporian. How are you guys? Fine, thanks. How are you? Great. Thanks, Tyler, for having us. I'm excited to have you guys on and continue the journey to understand what Transporion is doing and really unpacking, mainly for our North American audience, what we can expect going forward as we move towards a net zero freight scenario. So we've we've already had some experts on unpacking what the pressures are for shippers and fleets from a regulatory landscape, as well as just a consumer and customer and employee expectation. I want to dig deeper into the problem set today, though, and ask, maybe we'll start with you, Stefan, to just unpack how Transporion is viewing the problem of emissions calculation and measurement in, in that step towards net zero freight from a shipper. Can you just give me a high level overview of what Transporion is doing there? Yeah, so look, obviously, um, if we continue on the path that we are currently on, we're not going to get to a better place. So I think there is a moment in time where you need to realize that um, some of the behavior needs to change. Now, we feel that we as a society, the economy, we're not willing to cut down on, on transport requirements. Hence, we need to find ways to, to deliver uh, and to keep the transportation uh, processes up and running with the resources we have and consuming less resources. And the first step to do that is to improve the measurement, to understand what the real footprint is. And then once you have this, of course, then work, work on reduction targets. Completely agree. Can you give us just a brief overview of Transporian and your, your role in the ecosystem? Yeah, so we're a, a transportation management platform. Uh, we started roughly 20, 22 years ago, uh, connecting shippers to carriers and vice versa. Um, the original intent was, of course, to increase interoperability in a transportation network to allow people to do business with each other. Uh, through that, we have built a, a huge network. It's uh, roughly 1,300 shippers, 100 large retailers, and 145,000 carriers that all together um, uh, transact about 110,000 loads every day. Um, and, and through that data, um, we, we provide different sets of solutions. Um, uh, for example, visibility solutions and the data we're using to provide real-time visibility into supply chains is exactly the same data like the data we use to calculate carbon emissions. So when, when that third KPI, as I say, was basically thrown into the mix after managing transportation for decades, if not centuries, following two KPIs, in essence, cost and reliability, now all of a sudden we, we throw a third KPI, sustainability, into the mix. It was very obvious and, 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 and quite clear to us that we can and we want to play a role in this. Excellent. Is there a sweet spot for transporting? Are you guys multimodal, kind of providing full coverage across Europe, or is there a so, so an area do, you guys can So we do provide multi-mode uh, solutions, not only across Europe, but basically globally. Our sweet spot, though, when you look at the 110,000 transports we do every every day, the vast majority of them are truck trucking, uh, full truck loads and, and LTLs. Um, so that's probably the sweet spot, sweet spot, but more 
for historical reasons. Our solution set is capable to deal with all transport modes. Absolutely. Yeah. And Jakob, you and I have been on here several times talking first in your uh, prior role as the CEO of Trax and now in your new role here with Transporion. And we, we joke frequently how the, the data that you need to get a decent, um, at least auditable carbon accounting number is kind of the exhaust from the rest of the transport data, right? It just necessarily, if you have that layer of visibility at hand already, you can come up with a decently reliable calculation today. Walk me through a little bit what you've been working on in this new role and um, how, how Trax has kind of been rolled in and incorporated into Transporting. Yeah, so the, the beautiful thing is that we have been working in Trax um, four years to find uh, data models and work together with Smart Freight Center on data models where we, how to say it, where we see how the reality and the data we really get in transport, how it can be translated into CO2 emission on a shipment level. So we've been working a lot with that and we've become very, very good at it. Um, sometimes uh, the, the different data models we get can be dependent on the telematic system for the carrier. It can be uh, uh, one company has one uh, set of data and another company has another set of data. And we've always become very good at saying, having this data and combining with the digital twins we have from different vehicles or vessels when we talk about the other modes, how can we come as close to reality as possible in a calculation manner that um, that that that's also like approved and that's also accounting proof, so to speak. Um, what we didn't have was we weren't very good at getting it sold and we weren't very good at getting a lot of different data from customers. So when I met Stefan and uh, he suggested, hey, I have a good strategy, I have a good sales team, I have a lot of very good customers and a lot of data, we said, hmm, I have a lot of good mathematicians, let's go together. And that was really a perfect marriage. We uh, met actually um, very quickly after we met, uh, we made a deal. So we think we met the first time end of June, 2022. And by the 12th of, uh, by the 1st of August, actually, uh, officially, I started working on the 15th of August uh, with my team uh, in Transparent. We were working together on doing this. What we're doing, we're basically taking this ability of carbon accounting and this uh, ability of, of, of doing uh, uh, predictive analytics on carbon uh, building it into the transparent ability so that all our customers are able to get uh, precise and automated carbon accounting using all the data we have inside transparent and opening up for acquiring data from third parties as well. And now comes the most sexy part. That's what we're going to roll out in 2023. We're also using this data and this predictive data to enable the other product lines at transparent to do prescriptive analytics. So starting making decisions not just based on optimizing for time and money, but also optimizing for CO2 emissions. So, yeah, we are uh, that there, it, we really got um, a very like we, we pressed the turbo button when we uh, when we got acquired by Transparent, and that's uh, a lot of fun at the moment. That's an exciting position to be in as a, as an entrepreneur to have that sort of wind in your sails to join a bigger team and be able to start filling those holes that you had before. So I'm excited to hear that, and I'm excited to see those solutions begin to roll out. I'm curious, maybe we can put some, some meat on the bones here, Stefan, for listeners and say, okay, I'm a shipper and I'm a new customer to Transporian. How do we think about getting started, getting plugged in and starting to make sense of my footprint? Uh, so if you're not yet a customer of Transporion, then the easiest way is you provide us any sort of a flat file <clears throat> with your transport data. 
will upload it and it will give you a first initial calculation of, of your carbon footprint. Obviously, the better the data is you are providing, the more accurate we can we can calculate your carbon footprint. But immediately, even with very basic data, such as mode, weight, and distance, we can give you an, an initial assessment and we can start to work with you on on. on you know, improving the data, the data quality that you provide in order to get a more accurate calculation. If you happen to be one of those very lucky shippers who is already a customer on our platform, uh, we just enabled that calculation for you, at least for all the transports, obviously, that you execute on our platform. So in any case, becoming a Transporion customer helps. Absolutely. Good to hear that it's as easy as plug and play to get started. I am curious, though, when you start looking at, um, I view this as a table stakes game, right? Especially if you're a fleet or a logistics service provider, you're going to have to provide these emissions disclosures in the future at some varying degree of granularity and timescale. How do you think about building um, improvements around that and guiding customers towards an actual net zero? Because we know it's hard. It's hard and expensive, but you got to be defensible in offering that because everybody's going to be able to offer a baseline emissions calculation at some point. So, um, I, I don't know if that's Stefan or, or Jakob, but how do you think about that next iteration of guiding customers towards net zero? Well, what, 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 Jakob, if you agree, I'll give it a shot, and then you take you take the you, you take the reality. Because, but 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 I think in in essence, measuring carbon is 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 indeed table stakes, right? Uh, there there it becomes a bit of a question like how fast and how accurate can you calculate? Because we have seen with a few. Um, early adopter uh, uh, shipper customers, but also logistic service providers, by the way, it's not only shippers that are interested in this, uh, that, that just by, by measuring more accurate, we can actually create a tangible business case immediately. Um, but as Jakob pointed out, the real beauty of being able to, to do carbon calculations and carbon accounting as part of a transportation management platform like Transporion is that we can enable all our other products to offer green uh, support. Um, so if you have a procurement solution, what is the best sourcing? What's the best sourcing strategy to, to procure greener services? If you have a transport assignment um, sort of routing guide algorithm, how do you assign to the greenest of the possible carriers? Or, or, or as, as all of our customers do, is how do you, how do you, um, weigh those three different aspects of transport execution, time, uh, reliability, punctuality, cost, and, and carbon or sustainability uh, uh, against each other, right? Because it's never going to be one decision only. It's always going to be a compromise of different aspects that matter. So it's more about measuring in order to manage, but then you need other products that sort of build on that carbon accounting that we are providing. Definitely. I mean, I couldn't have said it better. I think what, what we're always trying to say, like the secret lies in the architecture that we have built from day one. We built a technology path that was built for lowering CO2 emission. And I also do it if I'm a little bit cocky in my marketing. I say, yes, measuring is just something we do while we're on the way to lowering. And, and, but it's true. Our, our, our system is set up to lowering CO2 emission. Either, as Stephen just said, uh, with optimizing planning and using these predictive analytics as a kind of a norm to optimize around, which is the thing that we've been lacking in the industries for years. 
or it is um, more the collaborative way that some of our uh, shippers are very interested in doing with their carriers, understanding where can they support in like what would be the return of investment in terms of CO2 when we buy electric vehicles? On which route should we support our subcontractors with electric vehicles? Is one question we've had several times. Or what is the return of investment if we offer um, a return of investment in CO2 per euro if we offer our subcontractors driver courses? Um, and we can calculate that. So. Uh, we go in and say, yes, uh, we're in the lowering of CO2 game and uh, measuring this, like the report is something you get at the end of the month <laughs> as a, on the way there. That's great to hear. And understanding, you know, which levers to pull is crucial for a shipper that's kind of figuring out the new rules of the game as we start to move forward, right? <clears throat> we incorporated a new variable into the total logistics cost equation and shippers now have to start using it in a way to move their business forward, right? It's a new business climate, which is what I say all the time. Climate change is doing its own marketing. Now you just got to figure out where you fit into this new landscape we're trying to play in. Can we talk a little bit about, a little bit more maybe about optimizing for that solution? So I'm imagining a day, two years down the road, I'm a shipper with a a heavy European over-the-road footprint. Um, We've now got Somewhere the ETS cap and trade is impacting my operation. We may not know where yet who has to pay that bill or how it's going to be calculated, but it's now an actual expense on my line item as a transportation manager, whereas in the past it was something I had to report up through the CFO and and would have a different weight to it. But now I'm being judged. Maybe my incentive package is judged on not just lowering my transportation budget, but lowering my carbon budget. Is it going to be, do we need real-time routing calculations for that? Or is it more important to have a flexible, maybe quarterly or monthly strategy to deliver your transportation goals? And where, where does Transport NC as offering a solution to that problem? I can, I can sort of like and try to, to give it a shot uh, with, the, with, the, with the answer because it's everywhere, everything we look into the future. And by the way, we're also very strong on the American uh, market. So, <laughs> but yes, um, I can, we can try to take a look into uh, uh, real time is important if you need it for your transport planning. Like when we look at this, like one thing is reporting that lies in the past. It's descriptive. At the end of the day, give me the, the data at the end of the month. I can also make a report for you. But where you want to operationalize your data, it depends on when you want to operationalize it. So we are going very much for finding the data quality that can help you when you want to make a decision. doesn't matter if it's for your own fleet or if 30% of your, of your dispatching happens for your own fleet or if it's 100% externally dispatched. You can, we, can, we, can, we can sort of like, depending on where you want to go, if it's in the planning, we need some very, very good data. But then the better data we have, the more uh, decision support we can give. And uh, the, the advantage in using these methodologies that we use, the one thing is we use primary data, but we also use AI and digital twins to sort of like close the gaps between the full visibility we have. It helps us. It helps us to go in and, and, and do decision support in the different operations that fit directly to your company. I probably just want to add one thing slightly adjacent to the question you asked. We always talk about shippers asking for it. I am actually most pleased to see that there is more and more logistics service providers and and, and, and carriers, truckers, holiers um, that realize and that understand that, first of all, they can do something positive for their business because they will also 
uh, be confronted and 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 um, uh, 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 need to bear lower costs. And second, they understand more and more that this is a differentiation opportunity for them. And I find it and I find it so difficult to differentiate in something that is standardized as an FTL or an LTL. And I guess all the companies in the world are are desperately longing for differentiation, right? So, so here is an opportunity that you can offer a greener, a more transparent, a more carbon efficient transportation product, and 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 this will actually allow customers uh, and customers of us, right, carriers, logistics service providers, to sell their services at a premium. I'm, I'm entirely sure that that this is this is already happening, and this will happen even more in the future. Completely agree and glad to see that you guys are taking that approach because I say for a long time, this is a sustainability. Sustainability is a differentiator if you're a service provider and you need to lean into that and do it better than anybody else in your category because that's how you get and keep first mover advantage. And we now have technologies at cost and scale where you can, in the right places, get in near parity to be able to disrupt incumbents in certain markets, right? So if you're a Dre, Dre carrier on the West Coast US, you need to be get, getting quickly and selling your services as a zero emission hauler because you can get in at near cost parity to diesel and quickly try and lengthen contracts, figure out how you deepen relationships with shippers. Um, that is the move forward, I think. And I'm glad to see you guys recognize and promote that as well. I also should say, speaking of West Coast, that my example was really around the, the uh, financial burden facing European shippers in the future, which we don't necessarily have in the US, but I know you guys do have a, a really good footprint here in the US as well. Not yet. Pending, pending. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're worried about it, right? <laughs> no, but I, I, I wouldn't go that far because I do see that the tendencies we see already now in Europe that it has become a topic for the CFO. We also see that in the US. Like your access to capital, your cost of capital will significantly depend on how you are going to uh, working towards the, the, the goals set up in the Paris Agreement. Um, so I think might be that regulation wise, it's not going to be so heavy, but I believe that, uh, that the relevance uh, for a middle manager in an American company, when we're talking about bonus incentives and so on, is going to be the same as in a European company. So I don't really, I don't really differ between, uh, between the different markets. CO2 emission accounting and a plan on how you lower CO2 emission is going to be, uh, the cost of doing business, so to speak. Yeah, I, I mean, I even want to want to throw in some. Our whole uh, sustainability journey, to some extent, started with an initiative that was taken by our employees. Um, we 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 kicked it off with a hackathon, where we invited our employees together with uh, students from two partner universities. One being the Kühne Logistics University of Alan McKinnon, who is a close ally in 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 everything we do here, um, to participate in a hackathon and to work for. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so over a weekend on solving five or sort of finding ideas to solve five sustainability challenges. And and this is how <clears throat> the first product, our carbon visibility product that we brought to the market about one and a half years ago, how this started to, you know, to started to to evolve. Um, and um, and I am I am, you know, convinced that this is not only from a financial and from a uh, legal perspective, a topic that people care about. It's it's for us, and we see it in our own example, also something that creates a tremendous amount of energy and passion 
within our workforce. Uh, and we all know, right, as a tech industry, talent is pretty much everything we have, right? This is the most, most scarce asset, the most important resource, the real make it or break it. Oh, great points. And one that people should keep very front of mind. Again, it's not just meeting your customer's request or a regulator's demands, but this is a retention issue. And in an age where we're facing a potential macro market downturn globally, especially in the tech market, keeping your people and keeping them engaged and happy and delivering uh, new solutions is of the utmost importance for it always, but especially for the next few years, right? Let's, uh, let's wrap up maybe with some real life case studies. Do you guys have, um, maybe you don't have to mention the customer, but specific examples of customers who were looking for an answer to the solution and Transporium was there to deliver it? Yeah, we have uh, like we have a, a a good handful already, and uh, and right now when we when we put the the products together, we really see the funny thing for me is that those companies that are there, they're really cool companies that I know already from my former jobs. I have seen them; they are really far on their decarbonization journey, and they have realized many of them also that if they get a better overview over their CO two emissions disaggregated down on the product level, they will also get a good overview over everything in their system. So it's also like they see it positively in a way that they, that they yes, it's a little bit of homework to get the right data there. But if you have the right data, you will also get, uh, you will get um, the opportunity to really look deep in where do I have some holes? Where do I have inefficiencies in my systems? So um, yeah, we have one good example of a fast moving consumer good company that came to us, uh, they had um, decided they wanted to buy five electric vehicles on uh, in their home market. They could do it because they can write it off on marketing. They will have the, the banner on the side. Uh, they don't have their own fleet. It would be for, um, for subcontractors. But they were asking us um, uh, where could they put it? What would the return of investment be per euro in sense of uh, CO2 emissions? Uh, and um, on like which routes, which drivers of the subcontractors would be the optimal ones to to optimize for. So that is one example where we where we where we really uh, could go in and say, okay, now we find a way to collaboratively lower CO two emission uh, significantly and using real data to do so. And as, a, as at the end of the month, so to speak, you'll still get a report uh, as a matter of it. That's lovely. I need, to see, I need to see that case study. I want to. I want to publish that one because that's a really interesting, um, real life example of something that I found anecdotally when my conversations with shippers and fleets is, shippers are saying, "Yes, I'm willing to invest in these solutions. Bring me, bring me opportunities." And carriers are slow to jump in with both feet because, let's be honest, why disrupt myself? Um, we'll do a pilot. You know, we'll put our toes in the water, but I don't see any of the larger carriers jumping in and, you know, making a splash in the space. You know, maybe Maersk kind of as the example of somebody who's capitalized very well for the last two years doing it for themselves as a differentiator. Right. It's not necessarily completely altruistic, although um, it's a great market opportunity. Yeah, we also published a, a case study together with IKEA and Gerteka. Uh, Gerteka is the largest fleet operator in Europe, uh, well above 10,000 trucks and, and IKEA. I don't think that needs further introduction. Um, so they have, they have together done um, um, a case study on our carbon, with our carbon visibility product in a very early stage of the product, trying to understand the impact that intermodality has over pure trucking routes. Um, and, um, and that's definitely also worth 
um, reading, I think. And the other one I wanted to share, uh, Jakob, we don't have a case study for this yet, but it's a pilot also with a, no, it was actually a, 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 a not, not a fast moving consumer good. It was like a, more a manufacturing company where we, <clears throat> where we calculated the offsetting uh, uh, sort of the, the carbon emission that needs to be offset on a Euro pallet uh, being transported in one of their regular lanes. And we looked at how much lower we can drive this offsetting cost by just increasing the data quality that we use for the carbon calculation. And we were able to show improvements um, up to the factor of 10 uh, so meaning 600 and more than factor 10, 650 grams versus 54 grams. Now, obviously, you would at some point in time stop to collect data because the incremental value you get through the additional data point probably is just not in a good ratio anymore. But then again, it's, it's also important to remember this is exactly the same data we're using for this calculation, like the data we use for real-time visibility for tracking and tracing, like the data we use to produce an electronic bill of lading or our electronic proof of delivery. So, so this is the interesting network effects that we now see more and more happening. Very, very exciting. I, want, I need that case study. I want to read that one. <laughs> hey, Stefan, I know we're getting close on time here, and I, I'm pretty sure we've already had this question posed to Jakob on a previous episode, but I try to ask all my guests who come on a little bit more personal spin on the question. So why, why is this issue important or relevant to you and your life? Uh, why, why does Stefan care about sustainability? Look, I mean, I'm, I'm a technologist at heart. <clears throat> I believe in the power of digital. I believe in the power of data. <clears throat> and, <clears throat> and what better way is there than to prove that technology can, can do good things than, <clears throat> than this area, right? I always say it's, it's one of those technologies that is ready for prime time at marginal cost, um, uh, you know, compare it to alternative energy sources, hydrogen fuels, electric trucks, compare it to autonomous driving that will all, those will all be technologies that at some point in time will massively impact transportation, but all of them are not yet ready for prime time. And it will take us years until the vast majority of the trucking fleets, for example, can benefit from those technologies. But digital is here and ready for prime time as we speak at marginal cost with almost no risk of just making a move. And I think it's just so compelling to start doing something, even though we might not be able to solve the problem 100%, but immediately show an impact to the better. And, and then last but not least, right? I'm a, I'm a family father. I have a 12 and a 14-year-old at home. You know, at some point in time, my wife and I have taken a decision and we were helped by by some surroundings to 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 be presented to wonderful kids i've never asked for their agreement to that so i definitely want to at least try my utmost to you know leave that planet in a way for them that they will be able to take their own decisions as much as i was able to do that for myself well said admirable goals i'm in the same boat with three young kids myself and we, we'd like to think that we're doing it for ourselves to enjoy the work we do and use our gifts to benefit others. But the reality is we're not going to be here, you know, much longer. Life is too short. So I appreciate that forward looking perspective. And I appreciate you guys carving out time and coming on. I'm excited about what Transporian is building. Um, I hope 
shippers, if they aren't customers, this isn't intended to be a plug, but check them out. They're doing some awesome things. Um, thank you both for sharing the afternoon with me. Thank you, Tyler. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Cheers.